0: Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. From 1991 to 1996, the Kansas Historical Society participated in a grant project that funded 80 oral interviews with people who were involved in or affected by U.S. school desegregation cases that culminated in the Supreme Court decision Brown versus Board of Education. The project was funded by the Brown Foundation of Topeka. These interviews give us an invaluable record of the people involved, the long-term impacts, and the events that led up to the 1954 decision. We will share excerpts from the interviews of Charles Baston and Fred Roush Jr. in this podcast. The podcasts were recorded in the interviewees' homes, Therefore, the sound quality will vary in the podcast. Charles I. Baston, who was born in Kansas City, moved to Topeka after serving in World War II. He was an active member of the local chapter of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, beginning in 1946, and was on the NAACP Executive Board during the Brown case. He was interviewed by Gene Vandelinder on May 14, 1992. So, um... You remember at the time of the years that the Brown case was being uh, worked on, was there oh dissension in the black community? Where there were there people that didn't want this
1: to happen? Oh yes, We had dissension in the black community because if the, we had people in the black community primarily the while you had teachers and their relatives black teachers that felt that there, it would be a threat to their jobs. See, we only had one teacher that we had uh, full cooperation with, and that was Lucinda Todd.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Lucinda Todd was a teacher in the public school system. But the rest of them seemingly had some kind of fear. They were not supported. Well, because they felt it was a threat to their jobs, they felt that if full integration came about they would not be integrated in the system and I and, and I can agree with uh, why they had that feeling because in setting up there with the board we set up with the school board one night for uh, I guess until about twelve thirty, talking with the school board at this point when uh, they were hiring teachers out of Arkansas and other areas of the South on certificates to teach. But we had teachers here that had their degree and finished it that were teaching in the school system. Not all of them, but some of them, but they would not integrate those teachers. So they go
0: outside
1: the community to get inexperienced, like white teachers? Yeah, they did. They had, they, they had hired white teachers out of the community out of our area Uh into the school board on the teacher on certificates. But they would not integrate our black teachers here in this community. So so that was another hassle that we had for years in this community.
0: And this
1: was after the the Brown decision? Yes, even after the Brown decision. Mm -hmm. But, um, you see, that was it. Those uh, or teachers who had been in the system for years, I could understand the sense of insecurity that uh, they had. And, of course, in the black community, we had those persons. When we would walk the streets to try to uh, solicit memberships to the NAACP, uh, we were called a little pressure group that was uh, interfering with the, the uh, school system, and especially the black schools, because they were those people who wanted to maintain black schools, per se, and uh, so we had a uh, struggle within and without Mm -hmm. the system. And these people were not aware, and they were not aware, of the fact that they were being um, charged dollar-wise. Why did they want to maintain the segregated schools? Well, I, I, I had just stated you know, the reason why they wanted to maintain them because they felt that we had black teachers who were qualified and if, if they integrated the schools, the black teachers were going to be out. And so for that cause, uh, they, they wanted to maintain black schools. And you see, what they also the NAACP tried to point out to them that we live in society and society is not all black, society is not all white, it is not all Hispanic. So we have to learn to live together. The way that you learn to live together is you start down when they're small children and if you teach small children to learn to live together when they're down in the formative ages here, then as they grow, they will grow and learn to work together and to live together and to get along. Yeah. But you cannot take a child and let that child come up to the elementary school, and in some instances in junior high school, because these are the formative ages here, yeah. and then bring him up to high school, and you slam him in high school. the high school was well, the head one principal, I had two principals up here at Topeka High School at that time, and most of your blacks went to Topeka High School. We had a uh, professor, Caldwell, up there. We had segregated sports in Topeka High School. And, uh, of course, at that, during that time, my Farland was the superintendent of schools. Um, Caldwell was the assistant superintendent over black teachers and over black education Topeka mm-hmm. so it, it was just a ridiculous situation when you think about it i thought about it then and when you think back about it now it was a ridiculous situation ludicrous
0: bastin explains his views on why there was division in the black community about whether or not to pursue integration in the schools Fred Roush Jr. grew up in Topeka and was an assistant in the Attorney General's office during the Brown case from 1951 to 1954. He was a member of the Topeka School Board for 20 years beginning in 1957. Cheryl Brown Henderson interviewed him for the grant project on October 12,
2: 1994. I graduated from Topeka High School and. uh We had a lot of segregation then. That was in the late 40s or early 40s. And uh, what bothers me now is it didn't bother me then. And uh, because the blacks had their own basketball team, they had their own all-school party, and uh, they were just uh, different. And uh, I guess I'd grown up in Topeka that way. Growing up in Topeka, the schools were segregated through the first eight grades. And I remember the first black students coming when I was in junior high school, uh, the ninth grade, Then they started coming into the junior high. Yeah. Do you remember know what year that was? Uh, yes, it was about 1939 uh, or 40, oh. over in there, I guess. I've been a little bit earlier than that. But see, I graduated from high school in the 41. So I graduated from junior high in 38. So it was about 1937 when I first started going to school with black students in the ninth grade. I was uh, elected I the school board in 1957 and served until 1977, over 20 years. And uh, of course the Brown case was decided in 54. And by the time I got on the board in 57, the uh, integration had already been uh, started with all these students. Well, the first thing I remember when I got on the board was that the attorney for the board at that time told us that it probably ought to be integrating teachers. And so we started that process immediately.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it met with some opposition when some black teachers were sent to what were then predominantly white schools. Mm -hmm. But as those black teachers uh, served and and were recognized as being excellent teachers, that opposition dropped and within a year or so, some parents were asking that their students be placed in a classroom with black teachers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had some opposition from the black community that Uh, the white teachers teaching their kids wouldn't understand them as well as their former black teachers did. Mm -hmm. But I think they got over that too in a a year or two. And so within two or three years, I think things were going uh, going well on that basis. Mm -hmm.
0: In this excerpt, Roush, who is white, comments on his experiences with segregation while attending Topeka High, including his statement that serves as the title of this podcast. Rausch also described his experiences serving on the Topeka School Board after the 1954 Brown decision. In 1955, the Brown case was reopened and federal district courts were given authority to oversee desegregation. A third Brown case was initiated in 1979 when the American Civil Liberties Union claimed that the Topeka School Board had never actually complied with the Supreme Court's order to integrate Topeka schools. This case came to be known as Brown Three. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are from Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from our collections. The URL for this website is www.kansasmemory.org.
1: to the captain. Take this hammer. to the captain. Tell him I'm gone